What would it look like to claim your space as a leader and make a positive impact in your organization or community? Get ready to lead courageously and authentically from the core of who you are. Your leadership coach, Dr. Kristen Albert, will help you recognize how you are uniquely gifted to lead in your spheres of influence and help you become equipped and confident to handle the challenges of leadership. Take your leadership to the next level and create your turning points in leadership. Let's get started. Here's Chris. Hello and welcome to Turning Points in Leadership. I'm your host, Dr. Kristen Albert, and I'm so happy that you decided to join us today for this episode. In the Turning Points in Leadership podcast, I interview folks who are leading in bold and inspiring ways in their communities without needing to have a title or a place of privilege to be a leader. And instead, my guests are leading change from the time we get up in the morning to the time we lay our heads down at night. We are all leading, whether we realize it or not. And every conversation we have is an opportunity for leading and creating great change together. So thank you for being here. I'm excited today to welcome my guest, Dana Ellenberg-Herr. And Dana is a champion for women's financial independence. She's a wealth management advisor, and she believes that every woman should have her own money and a clear understanding of their own investments and financial goals. Dana strives to help women take charge of their own financial futures by helping them to create a financial plan and providing them with the tools to reach their goals. She does this by making complicated financial terms familiar by drawing out what's really important in her clients' lives. She believes that when women are more knowledgeable about their finances, they're more confident and intentional with their money. Dana helps her clients recognize that by thoughtfully defining what is most important, they will set goals that match their values and work to accomplish them. Dana has worked in the financial services industry for 29 years. She's been recognized as the Forbes America's Top Women Wealth Advisors Best in State list for the past two years. And she's involved in the Lancaster, Pennsylvania community by actively volunteering with Girls on the Run where she previously served as the board chair. She also sits on the planned giving committee for the Lancaster General Hospital and is on the advisor committee for Planned Parenthood. Dana has two amazing daughters, Abby and Callie, and an incredible husband, Doug, who also happens to be her business partner. She's a distance runner. She's participated in over 20 marathons. She loves the freedom, solitude, and connection that running provides. She's a cat lover, she's a horse lover, she's a walker, a swimmer, and a writer. And you can often find her with her family and friends by the pool or at the barn. And I am so excited, Dana, to have you as my guest on the Turning Points in Leadership podcast. Oh, Chris, it's so good to be here. Thank you. Um, it's, uh, it's great to see you as well. Thank you. I can't wait for you to share some of your leadership experience and wisdom with the audience. I know they're going to be inspired by what you have to share. It was in our last conversation when we met back in October, and I said to myself, I need to have Dana on the podcast. So I'm so glad that you're here. Thank you. It's uh, it's great to be here. And I started the morning with an outside walk in nature, um, which gets my creative juices flowing um, with a really good friend. It set the tone for the day. Oh, that's wonderful. Such an important practice too. 
And for those who are listening, the day we're recording this, it's winter here, February 8th, the date that we're recording. But I'll tell you what, it feels, I actually was feeling a, t- a taste of spring this morning. Did you notice that on your wall? Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, and a beautiful sunrise. Um, just wonderful. I was warm when I when I was finished with my walk. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's great. Spring can't come soon enough for me. I don't know about you. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> so I'm really interested. I have a series of questions that I ask all my guests because I really would like to understand some of your earliest memories of leading or leadership. So this could be could be an observation that you've had at some point of someone else. And you said, oh, wow, that's interesting. Or I want to be like them. Or it, it could be an observation of yourself, when, a time when you led early on and you started to see yourself as a leader. So wherever you'd like to take this, what's one of your earliest memories? I, I mean, it's a great question. And I um, I have to think about it a little bit. I feel like I have to start by talking about my parents. You know, my dad was a live out loud kind of leader, you know, kind of larger than life, very collaborative. He was a park superintendent for um, a park in the southern end of the county, Muddy Run, and was appointed by Philadelphia Electric Company to run that park. And really, you know, his goal was to make sure there was a place for the community. And so dad's a natural leader in that way. Um, he had a, a team of people that, you know, I, I think they really worked side by side. And I mean, from a very, very young age, I was able to observe that. He carried that leadership on through retirement, really involved in local politics, had then retired to a beach town um, in New Jersey and continued local politics in that beach town. And so, you know, I was able to see that, you know, from from a very, very young age. My mom, I would also consider her a leader, a much more quiet leader. I had the advantage of um, of seeing kind of a, a transformation in my mom. She, when I was um, very young, he didn't work outside of the home. And then, I don't know, maybe when I was about 10 or so, it just really decided that she wanted to um, do something um, to use her gifts and talents. She had in, you know, in, in life before children, she was a teacher. What she was interested in um, was psychology, the psychological impact of when people go into retirement um, and what brings them joy and purpose and so forth. She would um, she would develop seminars. She would um, talk about the you know the emotional mindset of a um, of a retiree, and then she'd bring in people to talk about the financial part of retirement. She'd bring in people to talk about the healthcare part of retirement, and um, and ultimately met a woman here in Lancaster. Um, who is in the financial end of things and really blended her gifts of the psychology um, with the financial and started later in life a career at Merrill Lynch where she advised for many years. And so, you know, I had a chance in real time as an adult to see my mom change her mindset and lead more publicly as she aged, which was kind of neat. 
You know, it's so interesting as I'm listening to your story of your mom, she had this curiosity in her around retirement and she had a vision for retiring well physically. And so she brought that together and created this niche for herself. Without a doubt. I mean, and I I mean, and that that was kind of unusual back in those days. I mean, that was back in the 80s. I was a teenager when she started in the financial world. And she was in her 40s at that point. So, you know, not close to really retiring herself. But you're right, Chris, uh, you know, a real curiosity for what the next transition looks like. Yeah. And so as a as a teenager, what was that like watching her? Were you aware of this going on or was this something you came to in hindsight and reflection later on? I was there in real time with her. <laughs> also, um, you know, during that time, she and my dad decided to divorce. So, you know, in part, that shift was a necessary thing because she needed her own money. And so that was really important for her to be able to earn a living. I have two sisters, so we're, you know, three girls. My parents, even though they were divorced, they had a great relationship with one another and really kept us um, in the forefront. So, you know, we saw my mom and my dad pretty equally. We lived with my mom, but saw dad every other weekend, you know, a night or two um, during the week, that kind of thing. What I started with was I was in that transformation with her so much so that, you know, I can remember being in 10th grade, I think, where she was doing all of her testing um, and needed to get her series seven and everything. In that time, even, you know, you took the test, but you didn't get the results back for many weeks. I mean, it's not like nowadays where it's, you know, you're doing it online and it's um, instantaneous. And I remember the day she was supposed to get her test grade back to see if she had passed her test. And our deal was that she was going to call the school and they were going to give me the information in real time. Well, you know, morning went by, mid-morning, late morning, lunchtime, early afternoon. I wasn't getting a phone call until I couldn't stand it anymore. And I went down to the office and said, did my mom call? She had called and, um, you know, they wanted to wait until the end of the day to share the news with me as not to disrupt, you know, my my studies and so forth, you know, and she passed, of course. But I remember the elation I felt on her behalf. And another reason I felt so connected is that once she was in the business again, you know, before everything was computerized the advisors had to do what's called posting their books, meaning that if they bought Coca-Cola or, you know, (laughs) um, uh, Johnson & Johnson or something like that, they had to write the price down um, in a book for a client. Well, it was very time consuming. Back in those days, you know, you could have somebody do that on your behalf. So I worked for her and on weekends in the evenings, I would post the books as a teenager. I wasn't exactly sure at the time what I was doing, but, you know, that's something you learn um, along the way. And so, yeah, we, we were a team from, a, from, from a very, my very young age. 
Yes, yes. And I can hear, you know, as in, in the introduction, how we spoke about your value of making sure that women take command of their financial futures and, and that they are active and understand. And so you can really, I can hear that as a turning point that has really created that framework for you. I can hear how that value that you hold really was informed by your mom's experience. Oh, it was, it was the springboard. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Wow. So in terms, you talked about your mom and dad, how about any community or cultural influences that, that shape the way you view leadership? Yeah, um, absolutely. I think I would, um, I would start with my community involvement. So, um, you know, I, and I, I should back up and give just a little bit of context to what I'm going to say. So I joined my mom in the financial world when I graduate. Well, I, I worked in two jobs, not related to finance first. Um, and then in my late, mid to late twenties, maybe I joined my mom and we worked up until her retirement for 22 years together. I had the advantage of joining the wealth management business at a time where I was single. I didn't have children. I could really focus on building my business, building um, my my client base. Um, and you know, I recognize that really as you know a, a position that not everyone is able to have. Mom and I actually didn't work together side by side for six years when I was in the business because she really felt like I needed to learn the business and do it the hard way before I joined her team. So, you know, that's that's one leadership um, trait um, that, that she has. I mean, that truly resonates with me. At the time, I didn't quite understand it, but I'm glad I had that experience now. Then I met my husband, you know, maybe a, a little later and got married than most of my peers. Um, you know, I was 34 when Doug and I got married. I was 36 and 38 when I had my daughters. And so I was pretty established um, in my business at that point. I got to the point after having kids, getting them um, into kindergarten, where I thought, okay, I, I feel really fulfilled in my business. I feel really fulfilled in, with my family. Um, you know, and that was something that in the very beginning, I didn't know that I'd actually have, um, you know, because time was ticking away. You know, spiritually, I felt I'm very connected. I'm a, a big meditator and, you know, get my energy from nature. What was missing was the community piece. And so as my girls were old enough to go to go to school, I really sought out organizations that followed, that had the same value system as me. And I kept seeing in Lancaster signs for girls on the run. And I'm a runner. I've been all my life. I feel really connected to the running community. And I thought, well, what is this girls on the run? And, you know, it's a program that really helps young girls become more confident. Hmm. What a perfect blending. Um, for me, I mean, it was um, it, it it hit me at the right time and at the right place in my life. 
I had reached out to um, the Lancaster founder, Gary Johnson at the time, who I kind of knew peripherally. Um, our husbands were in Rotary together and, you know, we're in the same community. And I called her and I invited um, she and her husband and another couple over to talk about this. All I know is that by the end of the evening, I owned fundraising um, for a little tiny organization that um, was really grassrootsy at the time. Um, you know, we started we started really not even knowing if we could pay our executive director, the founder, and the program director, and that was um, that was really exciting to me. You know, what are we going to do to be able to bring in money? And, um, and so I felt like I was marrying all of these values that I hold to be very true. Girls on the Run really taught me and kind of catapulted me into um, the value of collaboration. And so while I knew about that before, I really didn't um, understand and live my life in that way before. And so that was a learning me because when you have collaboration you feel part of something you feel um, like you belong you know it's a way to motivate and inspire other people they feel very part of the mission and um, and for me that was very very valuable I was thinking as you're talking about collaboration collaboration is one of the two highest indicators of leadership effectiveness that they are most highly correlated. Um, one is having a vision and being strate a strategic vision. And the other one is that fostering team play and collaboration. Those are yeah. the two highly correlated aspects of leadership excellence. Guarantees. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so I love that you're speaking to collaboration because I, I think a lot of leaders early on or even Folks that are leaders now, they believe that it centers on them, that as the leader, it is about them as opposed to their influence. And they're bringing people together to get the job done. And they're bringing the gifts of, of the various gifts from uh, a collection of people. It can be threatening, right? If you're a leader um, to have other ideas that are um, that are posed. I've never been afraid of that. I learned really early on in my very first job. Um, I did marketing um, for um, a company called Woodstream out of Lidditz. Um, and I had a great, um, a great leader um, uh, there, um, a great boss. Um, and, um, and what he always told me is, you know, Dana, if you're hiring, you have to hire better than you are. You have to hire to different ideas because that will that will push you as a leader. And when you give back, you'll give back differently. So growth is so important. And that's a vulnerable place to be, right? To think about if I'm yeah. hiring people, I have to surround my, myself with people who are, are better than me. Yeah. Right? So that you have people to learn from. And now Absolutely. that's very vulnerable. Yeah, yeah. And vulnerability is a good thing. Yes. <laughs> if you're not vulnerable, you're protecting. And protecting is actually negatively correlated to leadership effectiveness. So that vulnerability is is absolutely critical. 
being able to um, be courageously vulnerable. Yeah. 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 And it's not easy. And so with the girls on the run, I think about this, you know, developing confidence in these young girls, how this is helping them to develop these skills from the inside out through these experiences and, and through the mentoring of um, a running, um, a running, a running buddy. Yes, absolutely. That's it. Yeah. That's it. Absolutely. Yeah. Very cool. Well, thank you for sharing that. It's really helpful to hear how, how your, um, that experience out in the community continued to build your leadership. I think there might be people who are listening who are thinking, well, I'm not ready to lead out yet. Um, Leading out and getting connected in your community builds your leadership capacity. Oh, without a doubt. It's all that vulnerability, being willing to step into it. Yeah. Well, and there, I mean, there is something about branching out um, outside of your you know, your own business. Again, I mean, I, I think what that speaks to is is lifelong learning. One of my mom's mantras is, Dana, always be teachable. Make sure that um, you are always learning. Don't try to be the smartest person in the room, you yeah. know, and, you know, and again, that speaks to collaboration. <laughs> Absolutely. It's all tied together. Thank you yeah. for sharing that. Yeah. As you look around, you know, as you think about the people whom you are surrounded by and who are kind of in your spheres of influence, what would you invite them to think about when it comes to stepping into leadership for themselves or want to invite them to to explore as it pertains to leadership? Know where you get your energy. You know, I'm a distance runner and I kind of learned that through distance running in a way. Um, I know I get my energy from other people. And I know I get it from solitude. You know, I mean, the seemingly opposite ends of the spectrum, right? Um, But, um, you know, the the trick is knowing when you need the connection and when you need the peacefulness and the the space. Um, So, um, you know, I I would say that is, um, you know, that's that's the first thing I would um, I would think of. Um, I, the other thing is, and you kind of touched on it before, um, Chris, um, to me, leadership is not a hierarchy. Um, you know, that, that feels, um, that feels a little dated to me. Um, you know, this whole idea of, you know, top down, you know, having a boss and an underling or an assistant or whatever it happens to be. Um, you know, I think um, I think today's leadership is um, is about collaboration. It's about connection. Um, it's about belonging. Um, it's about hearing different points of view. Um, you know, it's about information being shared organically. I, as I said, be a lifelong learner. Um, you know, that's another kind of. Um, trait that I would say is important for, um, for leaders to have. Um, and I I think in, in that, if you're, um, you know, if you're doing, um, things like hiring, um, hire someone who has the values of your organization, um, you know, get, get the right person on the bus. You can teach all of the, the other stuff. Um, you know, I, look at me really, you know, with me and my mom and and our career, 
in the very beginning, I didn't know anything about the investment piece, but I did understand the importance of getting to the heart of the matter, you know, what your goals are. I understood relationships. I understood that that people want to be seen and heard. In my mind, you know, for my business, the investment stuff is the easy part. <laughs> um, you know, that's all that's learned. You know, I'm glad um, I'm glad I did. But it's something that we can kind of that branches out in mushrooms, I guess. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So know from where you how you get your energy, what energizes you, whether it's solitude, whether it's being around people or whether it's a combination of the two, just how to maintain um, that energy. I like what you said about the hierarchy being dated. And I think, and tell me if you, you know, how you see this, but I think we've got some old, some outdated structures that in, that are in place that keep us bound to this hierarchical and the org charts. Not that there isn't a place for org charts. I do believe there's okay. a place for that. But yeah, but the um, seeing on the org chart that I am above you right? Mm -hmm. You answer to me that that being kind of an outdated, outdated uh, way of, of seeing. Yeah, I I think so. I mean, I think, I I think we accomplish more in a team setting than we would just completely on our own. And, Mm -hmm. you know, and part of that is really dialing into points of view that are different than ours. Right. Absolutely. And I love how you said in terms of values, you know, there are parts of the business that can be taught, right? Those are the things that you can, you can actually, it's knowledge-based, it's Mm -hmm. technique and, um, you know, knowledge and, uh, but it's the dispositional piece. It's the relational piece. It's the listening to what your client's goals, knowing what your values are, learning what their values are. Mm -hmm. Um, the the other stuff will fall into place. Absolutely. You know, my so my values are making a difference, compassion, and integrity. I know that about myself. What my values allow me to do is say no to things that that aren't in my sphere. Our our very good friend Jeff Davis taught me that. When you are saying yes to something, you're saying no to something else. <laughs> <laughs> I know that quote. Thank you to Jeff who passed that on. That was Curtis Watkins, his, his coach. Uh, Curtis okay. Watkins, this phrase. And yeah, when you say yes to some, so knowing, so making a difference, integrity, and what was the second one that you mentioned? So making a difference, compassion, and integrity. And how do you define integrity? Integrity is being true to myself. Integrity is being honest. I'll skip ahead just um, for a moment because one of my favorite quotes is from Brene Brown, clear is kind and kind is clear. So yeah, Yeah. the idea um, of integrity, being really clear about what you will accept and being really honest um, about the information that you're giving. You know, in my business, you have to be really honest about you know, whether or not somebody is spending too much, um, you know, will they have enough money to last them in retirement? In a doctor's profession, you might have to give really awful information about a diagnosis. You know, in a business setting, you might have to give honest information, clear and kind information about somebody's work performance. 
it's not beating around the bush. It's being direct and kind. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And what I love is that as you've had articulated these values, one of the our our February theme in the Turning Points Leadership Community is achievement. But part of that achievement is knowing your your values, right? And your and having that strategic vision and focus. So it's that alignment, right? That comes from making sure everything that you choose and everything that you choose to engage in is aligned, which helps you to say, like you said, what to say yes to and what to say no to. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So I I would say um, underscore for folks that really know what's important to you. you Mm -hmm. Understand what you believe. Figure it out. If you stand for nothing, you'll fall for everything. Oh, yes. (laughs) You know that? that, that I absolutely do. Yes. So this month, like I said, in the leadership community, our theme that we've been focusing on is achievement. And especially in regard to leading and leading with vision and strategy, decisiveness, and of course, getting results. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I'd love to hear your thoughts about any of any of these three or all of these three aspects. So again, they're leading with vision and strategic focus, decisiveness, and getting results. These are all components of achievement. What are your thoughts about any of those? Yeah. Um, so um, so I, I'll, I'll take on decisiveness. Um, okay. you know, um, so um, in terms of... Um, of how I lead. Um, I mean, you're making decisions every day um, that are um, that are impacting people's lives. Um, you know, you're making decisions about, um, you know, if um, you know if if our clients have a question about, um, you know, how much they can spend, um, can they, you know, can they buy that vacation house? Um, can they gift money to um, their children and still have enough left over for themselves? Um, and so these little, um, you know, tiny decisions um, that aren't so tiny, um, you know, have um, have a real impact um, on um, on people's lives. Um, and you know, I actually I keep um, I keep a note right by my <laughs> right by my my desk. Um, that says, because the decisions that you make during the transitional times are among the most important you will ever make. Um, so d- think about that, you know, yes. decisions during, um, you know, transitional times, um, retirement, death of a spouse, death of a parent, um, right. divorce, inheritance, job change, um, you know, and so, um, you know, these um, these little tiny decisions that you're making based on these big life decisions um, are um, are impactful. Um, yeah. And so, you know, uh, for me, um, the decisiveness um, has to come um, from educating myself, making sure that, um, you know, I'm up on, um, you know, I, I, um, you know, they're a client's current situation. Um, you know, understanding um, the implications if they pull money out of, you know, a, a retirement account or, um, you know, if they gift money away, 
um, how that then impacts them. Um, so, um, you know, and, and, and people want to act on these things. Um, and so they need um, clear advice on that. Yeah. And I think what I hear in your field is the challenge of making decisions when the future is unclear. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Because we, I mean, we don't know, we don't know what, um, we don't know what's going to happen, you know, in the world, in the markets. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, um, is there, you know, is their portfolio going to go up or down, um, you know, in, in the short term. Um, so without a doubt, um, you know, there's, um, you know, it's an art and a science combined. Mm -hmm. And, um, have you heard of the, the terminology VUCA leadership? So tell me you, you deal in VUCA because of your of your uh field but it's volatility uncertainty complexity and ambiguity oh interesting and the future of leadership yeah is being not just having answers based on i mean there are no answers right you do the best you can with what you know yeah uh, and you're managing vuca you're managing uncertainty, volatility of the market, yeah, um, city, and ambiguity. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So yes, yeah. it, it is. Well, and managing people's emotions, um, you know, is um, is really I'm um, a, a big part of my job. Um, mm-hmm. Absolutely, and people might not recognize realize that about about someone in your field. But I know from my experience with my financial advisor, um, I would, uh, it, it's about relationship, the, oh, the, yeah. tr- the trust that you create, right? And that's a leadership, that's a leadership thing, right? Without do a doubt. That, that trust. Um, yeah. Yeah, really, it's, Leadership in and of itself is so complex because of all these nuances that we're talking about. Um, yeah. It's it's not just making decisions and telling people what to do. It's managing all of these. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, fabulous. Thank you. So we hit on your values and, and principles that guide you. Um, and you shared the one leadership quote. Do you have any, any other leadership quotes that you... Oh yeah. Uh, well, I'm a Brene Brown um, junkie. <laughs> I'm, you know, I've read every one of her books. Um, so, um, you know, the um, the other um, leadership quote um, from Brene. I'm, and I'm going to read this. Um, a leader is anyone who takes responsibility for finding the potential in people and processes, and who has the courage to develop that potential. Um, mm. I, you know, that really speaks to me. Um, you know, that speaks to me. Um, I, we have a small but mighty team. Um, and I'm, you know, making sure that um, that everyone is recognized on our team. Um, that we see the value in, um, you know, um, their varying opinions. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Yeah, I'm. I love Brene's work too. Um, 
Yeah. I love, I love so many of her quotes, sees the value and the potential in folks, and then has the courage to develop that. That is so not me centered, right? That is so leader centric. That again, speaks to um, leadership being beyond yourself. Reaching without a doubt. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, the other quote that um, that I love um, is from Ruth Bader Ginsburg, um, okay. and she says, fight for the things that you care about, but do it in a way where others will join you. Uh, and do it in a way that other people, others will join you. Yeah. 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 Boy, we lost a real leader, uh, really light of leadership in Ruth when she passed away a couple of years ago. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Thank you for sharing that. You bet. And may may I say one one more? Um, this yeah. is kind of a, a poem that I just adore from James Mishner. And I I changed the he's to the hers. Okay. <laughs> so I'll say that out loud. Yeah. Um, but this I adore. Um, and it is the master in the art of living makes little distinction between her work and her play, her labor and her leisure, her mind and her body, her information and her recreation, her love and her religion. She hardly knows which is which. She simply pursues her vision of excellence at whatever she does, leaving others to decide whether she is working or playing. To her, she's always doing both. Mm, I love it. That just speaks to the integration of the whole person. I think of uh, the life is good slogan, right? Do what you love, love what you do. Yes. Uh, And it's all part of being fully integrated. Your gifts, what you do in your work, your life, it just becomes, it's, it's a flow. Yeah, you can't, you can't differentiate, you know, oh, well, this is the, this is the Chris you know, who's the daughter? This is the Chris who's the business leader. This is the Chris who is the friend. You know, you're all that same person. And that poem just hits that. Um, and I love it. Yeah, I love that too. You know, it's interesting because I, I've been noticing for myself how all of these Chris's have kind of converged. So my commitment to social and racial justice has converged with my leadership work and converged with my spirituality. And it's all just kind of living together right now and dancing together, especially changing the the hymns to hers, looking to the whole integration of the whole person. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you, Dana. Thanks for that. Mm. Well, we come to our time together. What lands with you today? Oh my gosh. Um, you know, what lands with me is being true to myself, my values, and boy, I'm just so happy. <laughs> yeah, this was fun. <laughs> um, which I mean, which, which is wonderful. Um, thank you for letting me share, you know, thanks for the great questions. Um, really thoughtful and that helps me go deep and that's important too. 
Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, thank you for being willing to share your time. Um, I could I could chat with you all day um, and and just dig in deeper. Um, but thank you for sharing your wisdom. Thank you for sharing your story. Thank you for sharing your joy and your positive spirit. Boy, and you're just wicked smart too. <laughs> so, <laughs> so much we could all learn from you. So thank you for being a guest. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Chris. This was wonderful. Thank you so much. And friends, I want to thank you all listeners for tuning into this month's episode of Turning Points in Leadership. I trust that you too are like I am walking away inspired and ready to reflect on your leadership and how you can make a difference in your sphere of influence. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next month. Uh, for the March episode of Turning Points in Leadership. Thanks and have a great day. Thanks for tuning in today. Be sure to take a moment to like, share, and comment on today's episode. If you're not already a member of the Turning Points Leadership community, you can accelerate your development as a leader by joining today. You'll find the link to the community in the show notes. If you'd like to be a guest on Chris's show, send an email to turningpointsguest at liveworksatisfied.com. See you next time for more Turning Points in Leadership.